Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Monday, July the 30th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we don't have much of a theme, and since yesterday was a live camp report, we'll get you guys caught up on the things you missed from the weekend. We'll cover today's practice, and I'll make my official 2018 season prediction for the Miami Dolphins, and we have a winner of the preseason opener tickets. But first, I kindly invite each of you guys that have not done so already to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins, and of course, our daily blog, my background, my baby, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have content going up every day, almost every hour, it seems, these days. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for you basketball guys, the Locked On Heat podcast. And if you're interested in checking out our flagship program, the Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson does great work there as well. Let's go ahead and jump right into this podcast and get things going for you guys. That's another Miami Dolphins So practice was closed to the public today on Monday, July the 30th, and they head inside the bubble due to the weather, the poor weather down in South Florida. And that was just the perfect result because if you guys smelled something coming into the South Florida air this morning, that was the arrival of Miko Grimes coming down to practice for whatever reason. I don't know what reason it is. She thought people would want to see her in Miami, and she had about a bad day, two-day run as a wannabe journalist could possibly have. First, getting kicked out of practice, and that's not something she did personally, but if you go to cover a practice or whatever she was doing there, I'm not sure what it is still, but if you go to cover a practice and you get tossed out because of the weather, that's not good for you. But also, my man Josh Houts on Twitter, he is from the Finsider Network, he took down the dragon, he slayed Miko Grimes, got her account suspended on Twitter just by saying something about her being Britt McHenry South or whatever it is, her burner account on Twitter, and Miko did what she does best, went off could not handle the criticism and started making herself look like an asshole on Twitter and got herself kicked off of Twitter. So we are all much better for it. And for that, Josh, we salute you with one of these. All right, Miami! All right, Josh Hoots. Let's go ahead and get on to practice today. And just because the public wasn't allowed to go in doesn't mean we don't have practice updates. And leading off the podcast is going to be a rookie that has earned himself into this whole shot or the top block A of the podcast here by making his second consecutive insane back shoulder catch on back-to-back days. And yesterday I published a column recapping the first four days of camp, giving you guys positive, negatives, and one unknown. And we will revisit that column in the second segment of the show. But the one negative that I had on there, or one of them I did have on there, was Devontae Parker. And what he does well, we all know the in-breaking routes, the square-ins, the crossers, the slants, the digs. But his inability to separate against one-on-one coverage, Andrew Mitchell talked about it on the podcast yesterday. Xavier Howard got the better of him down in red zone drills, which is really where Parker's value to this team is at this point. Yeah, he can high point a football here and there, but he struggles on a lot of different things you would hope a big body guy can do. And it's starting to look more and more like Mike Gusecki might be the guy that rounds out that role. He catches everything. There is a catch radius around him for blocking out for basketballs that is just... 
immeasurable and something the Dolphins do not have otherwise on the roster. You can just put the ball up into coverage and it's not a 50-50 ball. It's more like a 90-10 ball to him. But there are just tons of positives pouring out of camp about this offense and the direction this offense is headed. And like I said from Andrew Mitchell yesterday on the podcast, we heard him talk about the different types of personnel groupings and unique formations And we saw that last year in the Patriots game and a little bit in the ensuing Buffalo and Kansas City games. But Dowell Loggins spoke yesterday after practice at a press conference saying that this team plans to run more groupings than it did before and groupings that people haven't seen before, which I'm really curious to see that because whether it's two running backs and no tight ends or whatever it might be, these guys are going to get different players on the field. It's going to be a heavy rotation. Everybody's going to be interchangeable so they can go hurry up offense and change their personnel grouping, whoever is on the field. And that allows them to attack the defense with deception and mystery and intrigue, whatever you want to call it. They're going to be very difficult to defend because they're so interchangeable across the board. And one of the comments that really stood out from Adam Gaze's presser today, from Ryan Tannehill's little note that he gave after practicing a PC, was Albert Wilson's immediate integration into this offense. And Ryan Tannehill mentioned his work ethic, and it brings me back to a column that I wrote when the Dolphins signed Albert Wilson when I talked about the vision and the direction of this team. And sure, every team wants to get guys that work hard. That's the idea of the game. The harder you work, the better you play, that type of thing. But it doesn't always happen that way. Some of the more talented guys maybe don't work as hard. We've seen Jarvis Landry get criticized for not working hard enough last season with Adam Gaze. And Albert Wilson was praised in Kansas City for his ability to grasp Andy Reid's very complex playbook. And we talked about it yesterday in the podcast, those handoffs up the middle. They ran shovel passes up the middle, screen game to Albert Wilson. He said that Wilson is already prepared in this offense. And the exact same thing pertains to Danny Amendola, which I think we all knew was going to happen. Shoot, we saw Danny Amendola throwing his helmet and just having a meltdown after dropping one football in an OTA back in June. So those two guys are going to have a huge impact. You factor in Jakeem Grant, who just every day it seems like he is continually taking the top off the defense and getting deep on people and making big plays down the field. Kenny Stills is about as known of a commodity as there is in the league. We know we're going to get about 900 to 1,000 yards from Kenny Stills, a lot of big plays and a lot of touchdowns as well on those big plays. I I don't know, guys. I just, I really think this offense is going to take off in 2018 with Ryan Tannehill as the trigger man and all these new skill pieces that can run Adam Gaze's very complex offense, a version of the Mike Marks greatest show on turf offense with slight variations along the way. So very, very excited about this group. We have a lot to look forward to with this offense in 2018, and we have plenty more to get to here on a fast and furious episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast with news and nuggets you guys won't find anywhere else. And speaking of high intensity, before we do all of that, I want to tell you guys first about our partners over at Nordic Track. And personally speaking here, anytime you can get a home workout in, it just beats the crap out of going to the gym, finding place to park, driving all the way down there, dealing with machines being taken up. We all have busy schedules. We all know how hard it can be to get a workout in, but Nordic Track gives you the benefit of a home gym with home in-house training. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength trainers. You can enjoy high-energy streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out the door. You can join streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the street of Paris and end it cross-training on the shores of Thailand. Or if you're an African safari guy, you can work out there too. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers, 
to ensure you meet your fitness goals. And a special offer for Locked On listeners only. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit Nordic Track. That's N O R D I C. T-R-A-C-K.com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 on your purchase. Almost seems like a daily occurrence. Now we're talking about this connection between Ryan Tannehill and Danny Amendola, the Tanny to Danny effect. And it seems like there's a big touchdown every day. There's consistent completions underneath Danny Amendola every single day. I got a chance to watch a little bit of that Patriots-Dolphins game last night as I got home from vacation and finally started to wind down a little bit. I was bored. Nothing was on TV. Popped it on. Watched Danny Amendola beat some of our guys in the slot. And I'm just so excited to see what he can do with Ryan Tannehill and the way he helped Tom Brady in New England if he can do that here in Miami. That connection appears to be getting stronger every single day. Of course, that is one of the positives for my column and yesterday's Locked On Dolphins piece. It is the checkpoint number one of training camp, getting through to the first off day. All the guys obviously in good spirits today, getting to take tomorrow off after another full hard day of work with full padded practices. But Ryan Tannehill to Danny Amendola is a very consistent theme. Another thing that stood out through the first block of practices here, so to speak, Mika Fitzpatrick is the absolute real deal, just as everywhere you want him to be, taking the football away, getting his hands on footballs. And I wrote about some negatives. We talked about Devontae Parker in the first portion of the podcast. And we talked with Andrew Mitchell yesterday how he couldn't separate from Xavier and Howard, couldn't get off one-on-one press coverage. That's a problem I've seen with Devontae Parker going back to last year even, that he just, when the defense rolls itself to Landry and Parker has a backside one-on-one, that's something you have to take advantage of. That's something that guys like Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, you name them, all those guys will make plays in those positions. And Devontae Parker was drafted 14th so he could do that, but he hasn't really done it yet. So it just makes me wonder, with all this emergence of Isaiah Ford looking very good in camp so far, Mike Gesicki making these outstanding contested catches, where does Devontae Parker's value for this team really fall? Does he have value to this team? In my opinion, he might be the sixth option on the offense. And I say that thinking about Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant. I'm going to go with Mike Kosicki. And then whoever the running back is on the field would be my choice as well because Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balazs, Frank Gore, all of these guys can make plays in the passing game as well. So Devontae Parker has a lot to prove over the next month if he wants to get himself some serious reps this season and get himself an opportunity to earn that big second contract that every player absolutely covets. Other negatives, I don't know if this is much of a negative, but I put it on there anyway. The fact that the second cornerback job has been juggled so much early in camp. I was hoping that Cordray Tankersley would come on strong and just earn that spot outright right away. And it sounds like he's played well. We just haven't heard a whole lot about him. It's been more about Torrey McTire getting first team reps. Tony Lippett had a good start to camp and then kind of stepped back a little bit. So we've heard about three cornerbacks now for that spot. No Bobby McCain out there yet, however. But it just makes me wonder, maybe we always talk about putting three guys with high potential in a spot, let them battle it out, and one of them will rise to the top as a formidable player at that spot. But it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it just means you're not very good at that spot. It's like having two quarterbacks means you have no quarterback. So hopefully the cornerback spot works itself out opposite Xavier Howard and opposite Bobby McCain in the slot because I think they're going to run several six, seven defensive back packages this year. You could have a seven DB package that comes on the field on those third and seven or more types of plays, the third and long plays that Dolphins have struggled on. You could put out your pass rushers like 
Robert Quinn, Cameron Wake, William Hayes, Charles Harris on the front. No linebackers go strong with Xavier Howard, Cordray Tankersley, Bobby McCain, Torrey McTire, or Tony Lippett, whoever wins that job. And then the safeties with Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, TJ McDonald, and start getting stops on third and long. And then the one unknown I had from practice is the offensive line versus the defensive line. I know that there are some reports out there. There's obviously pre-snap penalties that go into it. Pass rush that gets around the corner and beats the edge for a sack. But it's hard to tell without full pads. We had full pads today on Monday. But for the most part, it's difficult to get a feel for how those guys play. So that was the unknown in that call. And you guys can check it out on LockedOnDolphins.com. Just a few more bullet points here before we get out of this segment and move on to the third one. I tweeted on, I believe it was Saturday, Armando Salguero had a tweet saying the Dolphins trading for Robert Quinn obviously shows a lack of confidence in Charles Harris. Just wanted to put that on the podcast and tell you guys how much bullshit that is because every good team in the league has multiple pass rushers, especially in a wide nine defense, which asks the pass rushers to only rush the passer off that far split outside edge. So he is on something for saying that comment, completely ludicrous. Charles Harris was close so much last year. I talked about that Patriots game I watched last night. There was a pressure that Charles Harris put on Tom Brady and forced him to step right up into Indomitian Sioux. Stuff like that doesn't get into the stat sheet, but it's definitely an impact on the game. So don't worry about Charles Harris. He is going to be fine. He is a very talented young man. We talked about Torrey McTire getting first team reps. I'll probably have some cut-ups on some film of him. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Tomorrow's the off day, so probably more of a chance of that happening tomorrow. So those are the news and nuggets. The column on LockedOnDolphins.com. We have one last segment to get into here. Another potluck of bullet points, including my official Dolphins preseason prediction, as well as the preseason ticket giveaway for you guys coming up next. Locked On Dolphins podcast at Leafful NFL at Locked On Fins. Before we give away some football tickets for you guys for the preseason openers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, let's first talk about some of the stuff Adam Gaze talked about post-practice today on Monday, July the 30th practice. And this piece is up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now, written by Joshua Soden, talking about Adam Gaze's affinity for some of the new pieces he has. And he spoke about Isaiah Ford making a very strong impression so far in camp, said he's done a good job staying engaged while he was out and injured last season, which seemed to be the theme with guys like Raekwon McMillan, Ryan Tannehill, and Isaiah Ford working all season to get back to where they are this year. Albert Wilson comes up every single day, it seems like, and there is just some disbelief when Gaze said that Albert Wilson was not a slot receiver in his offense, but he mentioned that he moves all over the field in the backfield, out wide in the slot, and Omar Kelly was the guy asking these questions. Couldn't quite figure out that Albert Wilson, just because he is slight, is not quite a slot receiver, so good on Gaze for dismissing that notion. They asked him about Ryan Tannehill possibly being 30 and being a quote-unquote late bloomer, and Gaze, as he is one to do, I just love the way he does it, dismisses the notion, citing Tannehill has had success with multiple 4,000-yard seasons before Adam Gaze even arrived, going back to the idea that Gaze took the job because he knew he had a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And Xavier Howard stood out today making some standout plays and a guy that's really been coming on and ascending and building upon his success at the end of the season last year and becoming a guy that has tons of confidence and he's not afraid to get up and depress and play physical with the receivers. And the last note that I love here so much, we heard about Bobby McCain and Danny Amendola maybe not being the best of friends when they were rivals. Now they play together and they face each other in practice all the time. And there was a dust up at practice today 
Saturday, which is fun to see for the guys. There's got to be one fight every training camp. They have to do it. It seems to be the case with every team, and it sounds like Miami got it out of the way today with Danny Amendola and Bobby McCain. That one was always going to be coming to a head. I think those two guys don't always get along. And then also on NFL Network, I just saw it a minute ago as I record this podcast right around 9.30 West Coast time. Mike Silver of NFL Network was there talking to Ryan Tannehill at Dolphins camp, and nothing crazy really went down on that little brief clip. They were showing Ryan playing with his son, Steele, and the thing that really just stands out about all of it is how happy and at peace Tannehill seems this year. Obviously, he talked about the dark times in 2017 where Ryan, where Lauren had to kind of pick him up because, you know, you lose your profession and you kind of lose who you are as a man, and he probably felt that way, but he is very comfortable right now with where he is, and I think that shows both with himself and the other guys on the team. They talked to Frank Gore, who compared Ryan to Alex Smith, and not in the playing style, so you guys can relax on that, but the way he loosens up once you get to know him more, and Frank Gore said that he has a feeling around this team that he has loosened up, and he is going to just take off from there, and they have huge expectations for Ryan Tannehill, and today was his first padded practice since before the injury, so you can check off another part there of the pre or post injury checklist for Ryan Tannehill. And let's talk about my official Miami Dolphins 2018 prediction on the plane ride home. I took out my magazine that has the NFL schedule. I wrote down every team's wins and losses and game by game sections. And that got me to this point with the Miami Dolphins where I have the Dolphins finishing with a 10 and six record, getting into the wild card round, not taking the AFC East crown just yet, but our first playoff win is, in almost two decades, getting into that divisional round where they'll play the New England Patriots on the road in Foxborough. And it's going to be a game Dolphins are going to be heavy underdogs in, but they will compete. They'll show out well. They'll be in the game late and they'll just lose it at the end, but they'll get everybody jacked for 2019, predicting that's the year the Patriots throne is overthrown. So that is my prediction, 10-6, and six, a playoff win, and everyone flying high into the offseason. And we now have a giveaway to do something I've been looking forward to doing on the podcast here. We have season or two preseason tickets to the Tampa Bay game on August the 9th, Thursday night at seven o'clock Eastern in South Florida, down in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. We were going to give away those tickets right now on the podcast here for the August the 9th preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The winner of the tickets from the podcast is David Kaplan. He is at Cap1313. He is the winner of those preseason tickets. So David, let us know when you hear this episode and shout it out from the Twitter rooftops that you are the winner of two tickets to the August the 9th game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The return of Ryan Tannehill. You'll be there in person to see it, my friend. And congratulations for doing that. We're going to have a lot more giveaways on the podcast this season. But as for this podcast... That is going to do it for us here. We are going to have Antoine Staley of the Dolphins Wire from USA Today on tomorrow's podcast, recapping training camp, what he has seen so far live from training camp. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. The show is at LockdownFins. And of course, keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.
Thank you.